Hi and welcome to We Talk As One. My name is Natalie Hughes. This is the first ever Thought Leadership series from Defected Records and it is my privilege to have your attention at a time when conversation within this community about our culture has never been more important. We Talk As One brings together over 20 leaders from the music industry and beyond to give their time and brilliant minds on a variety of subjects in and around the state of dance culture, music, promotion and nightlife since the pandemic hit. Our aim is to come up with progressive, practical and hope-filled ideas, a chance to not only elevate the issues but also attack the problems as we see them. So today is pretty special. We've got an amazing lineup for you and we'll be chatting over the next 45 minutes or so. For tomorrow is our final roundtable and it's all about inspiring the next generation to find hope in the midst of crisis and identify what is important right now. We'll dig for the best nuggets of advice for those hoping to make a stop make a start in the music industry, direct from academies, writers and producers. From investment in production to the types of courses available and what to do with your bedroom setup, in this session we'll explore where to go, how to begin and why you should be hopeful. So today I am joined by the fabulous Chris Goss, co-founder of Hospital Records. Kwame Safo, aka the legend funk butcher, DJ and founder of Houseology Label. Rob Cowan, CEO and founder of Point Blank Music School. Terry Wirasinghe, former CSO at Beatport and now independent music consultant. And our very own Wes Saunders, managing director here at Defected Records. Thank you for joining us today, everyone. Thanks, Nat. So, I'm going to get straight into it. Uh, Wes, over to you. Where are the chinks of light through all of this for up-and-coming DJs and producers? And how can we draw on or create hope and positivity despite the issues we're facing in nightlife and club culture? Well, I think most people can be excused of having a rather kind of dark view on the on the year. It's been challenging for, for many people, not just the aspiring up-and-coming uh, DJ producers, but obviously those that are touring DJs having their main source of income uh, taken away from them. But the, the advice and guidance that we've given to, to our DJ producers and also to, to up-and-comers is to really focus on being uh, innovative and creative during this time. Because, you you know, life has never been paused before. You know, for the first time, a lot of people have had time on their hands where they're able to really focus on what it is that they're looking to to do, who it is that they want to be, trying to sort of find themselves and using the skills and the opportunities that that are out there to kind of educate themselves somewhat and and try to kind of get themselves ready for the next stage of their career. I mean, with a lot of up and coming DJ producers, I know that a lot of people are writing music again to the level that they haven't been able to spend the time on on really focusing the attention for a while. And you've seen that with young producers this year, like someone like John Summit, who prior to 2020 was pretty much unheard of for most people. But, you know, he he's really taken the time to focus on writing a whole batch of material that he's then able to sign to labels to grow his profile. I mean, we've I've said it a few times in, in various meetings that this is a young guy, early 20s, you know, with previously unheard of, now Beatport's top-selling artist of 2020. Um, and, and he's really kind of laid the groundwork for himself going into 2021. You know, and we have more established DJ producers like Low Stepper and, and Bob Sinclair, who really have been like heroes of the lockdown to some degree, using free outlets and new technology in Twitch in particular in Low Stepper's instance and Bob Sinclair for Facebook Live to really kind of keep their profile and expanding during this time. And I know a lot of young people have contacted me to ask how they can live stream themselves. Um, and we've actually whitelisted a number of unknown talent so that they can use our repertoire to uh, to actually broadcast their live sets. And, you know, that, that offer remains open for now. Um, at some point, I'm going to have to stop that one. But whilst there's still some kind of restrictions, we're happy for people to use our content on, on live streams. And I think that's important. Um, and they really just kind of use this time to to hone in the attention and just 
just to focus on on what you want to to do next because um you know 2021 does appear to be a year of rebuilding um and 2022 of celebration so for those aspiring up and coming dj producers now's a good time for you to get yourself ready um and uh re- ready to take the next step i guess it's been like you know it has been a great opportunity for people that might never get around to reading manuals or learning software that they've put off for like six months or 18 months it's also been i think it's been a great opportunity in a quite a sort of leveling of a playing field for djs given that you know generally people are you know streaming from maybe different sized bedrooms you know we don't all have terraces and uh, infinity pools uh, with led strips for our live streams but it's been great to see i think i've seen it in drum and bass you know some some great up and coming talent have the same opportunity um and also hopefully um maybe as i say this is someone that's been buying records for you know my whole life um which is a very long time but selection you know that maybe the shift from um what we all know and understand and uh, and love and respect in terms of how to um move a crowd in a club but now actually thinking about well my crowd I can't even see them. They're through the end of a GoPro or an iPhone or something. So selection, what can I bring to this set? What can I bring to DJing? Which is where some of us started back in the day. It was actually, it wasn't so much about the technical skills, which I still can't really master myself, but it was about selection. It was about tunes. It was about out of the box moments, quite literally, and just using your own instinct and your own love of music to kind of like tell more of a story as a DJ. And I've started to see that, which I think is a real positive. Um, I think that leads perfectly on to the next question, actually. Kwame, uh, where can people go with their talents and be on promotion on social media? Where do you think the big opportunities lie for DJs and producers now? Perfectly from what um, Chris and Wes were talking about, where fundamentally, if the DJ, the producer, has a strong connection with their self and what they want to represent, I think that's where it starts from. So using this time wisely to kind of identify what the challenges are. And probably up until this point in time, a lot of people haven't been aware of the challenges because maybe their career was moving at such a pace and in such a, um, uh, and in such a way that they wasn't a, uh, aware of the, the aspects of their, their industry that they needed to work on or, or so on and so forth. So this um, awakening, as it were, this year, is kind of made... DJs, artists, established and, and otherwise, kind of look again and reevaluate what they want to do. And that's come about with some artists making completely different new music to what they were used to uh, making, uh, playing absolutely complete, completely different sets, being a lot more experimental with their music production, finding even new sound palettes to kind of delve into and understanding that. Okay, I've been <laughs> I've been using this 909 kit for a while now. Let me try and let me try and try something else. So, all of that has kind of um, happened from this this space that's kind of um, uh, um, opened up for us. Um, once you recognise those challenges, you can feel a lot more connected to you and your art as an artist, rather than being um, defined and I guess driven by the market space around you, you might feel like, oh, that guy on Beatport, he's making X amount of music a a month and I need to make his sound and so on and so forth. So I think, again, it it might sound a a very abstract and a a bit of a general uh, question, but there's there's no hoodoo behind it. Realistically, if you are very much in tune with yourself and what you like and you do what you do, you're ultimately going to generate an audience, whether you like it or not, that are just into your sound. So... I think this space is, is, is a brilliant time for that. I love that. Stay true to yourself. And Terry, what advice would you give to somebody right now looking to break into the music industry, be it a producer, artist, writer, a musician? And I, I would say to them that this is actually an incredible time to get started and get into our industry because one of the things that you need in order to, to, to make any kind of impact is time. And time is something that we've we've all been handed back 
a little bit more of over this pandemic. Uh, the majority of people don't need to travel to go to work anymore. So that's saving everyone 45 minutes each way uh, on, on their journey. And then in addition to that, um, th there's, there's never been a better time to get into production. The, um, the, the people who are making production equipment are, are making incredible offers that for, for up and coming artists. Ableton, for example, will give you three months of their full product for free uh, to, to anybody just by going to their website. Uh, and when you combine that with a tool like Loop Cloud, um, you can get um, for, you can get Loop Cloud for thirty days for free as well. And Loop Cloud gives you um, access to all of the synths, all, all, all of the beats, vocals, everything you need to produce a track in Ableton, all in one place. So put those two things together, and for absolutely free, um, you can be uh, making your first track. And then um, in addition to that. You know, pre previously you'd be thinking about where where can I play, where can I get my gigs. Um, everybody right now is online streaming, and uh, that's something that you can do right away. You can tell your friends, I'd like to put together a performance and um, stream on Twitch, stream on Facebook. So the opportunity has never been bigger. And um, you know, while you're learning uh, and you have this additional time, um, that really gives you, again. The, the, the strength to, uh, to to take on more and learn more. And uh, this this feeds into, in, into Rob, I guess, and um, the courses that you can do uh, at Point Blank to take you from being um, someone who's just learning to really knowing their way around software and hardware. Yeah, I think once you've, as, as Terry said, once you've got, you've got your, your laptop and you've got Ableton, um, you just swap out your keyboard and... Uh, you then get a little small MIDI keyboard, doesn't cost much. You've kind of got everything you need to make records from your bedroom. In fact, I'm doing the same here. I've got my setup, I've got my laptop, and with that extra time, you can really focus on your craft. But if you're learning, it's a great time to pick up on all the free, uh, on all the free content. So for example, we've got a YouTube channel with tons of, of great videos, tutorials, We've got a whole series of track deconstructions which take a particular track and break down how, how it's put together. And these are great, we, we put them out because of the kind of things that we teach. And it's a learning tool, but it's a great fun way. When I was learning back in the day when I was learning guitar many, many years ago, I wanted to know how to play certain tracks. And this is our way of doing it with kind of electronic music. It breaks it down and puts it back together. And so this is a, it's a great, there's, there's so much, you can just feast yourself on our YouTube channel, so much content. And then if you want to take it further, we have free courses. We have a, a, a link on our website, free content. So you can literally try all the stuff out, try some of the courses out. Um, and then at that point, if you're still interested and you think, I really want to take this further, there's a whole range of courses that we can offer you that you can take with all this free time that you have. Um, and we have so we have a, a big online school it's been going since 2007 so there's there's a whole wealth of from everything from short courses to longer to degree level courses at whatever level you want to get into so i think with all this time it's a, it's a great opportunity for you to to do this work to really work on yourself and and become a better producer and take advantage of everything that's offered to you online I think one thing I'd, I'd just add in is um, when we talk about the time that is available to aspiring artists and producers, one thing I would always try and encourage any artist to do is, is really dig deep and investigate and actually consider the fact that like currently now 2020 and into 21, the sort of software uh, and hardware that is available to aspiring musicians is so accessible, more accessible than it's ever been. One of the potential pitfalls of that is that there's kind of sample packs and the sounds that are out there that you can just grab from anywhere on your phone, on your iPad and make a tune from and then upload straight away. Think about how many hundreds of thousands of other techno producers or jungle producers are using the same sounds and using the same vocals and use your time to really think about like, how, how do I stand out? How do I, how do I actually make my wobbly bass or my, you know, uh, disco-flavoured kind of top-line vocal. How do I make that unique to me? Because there's a danger 
in these in these amazing times where where you know technology is so accessible is that a lot of us hear tracks using the same sounds the same vocal samples and there's identikit dance music circulating mm. and you know if there is time available to artists be creative spend a week making your own weird noises think about your vocals How, like don't just use the same vocals that everyone else is using in november because yeah. trust me we've all heard them definitely and i think also going off what um what rob was saying in regards to the accessibility that's out there and how in some way it, it, it seems quite daunting if you want to kind of get into music now and you're probably looking at the fact that we are in a pandemic some of you may not have jobs some of the young people may not have jobs and this stuff may not seem cost effective for you, but um, the internet is your friend and there's societies such as PRS Foundation, they've actually set aside quite a bit of money for a lot of young people to kind of access, um, uh, help to um, facilitate their songwriting and, and, and production careers. So, and these are grants. So again, I'm, I was someone who went to uh, university and understand that a loan isn't as as, as, <laughs> as as cracked up as you as it as it makes it seem to be when you have to pay it back but um yeah these are actual grants which they will give you the money to help um ease some of the the burden the financial burden in in, in embarking on your your musical career and just so, to add to that from our perspective we also um we have scholarships yeah, I mean, a lot of students are getting grants and of course you've got to pay that back uh, at some point. But we also, um, for those that need, we have scholarships. So there are, you know, there are ways of finding um, ways to help you uh, with your career. Um, and what I would also say to, to young people is we used to have big open days in our building. And we used to love getting loads of people into the building. We just can't do that now. Hopefully we will at some point next year, but we're doing them all online. So it's really easy for somebody to find out what we do. They can, we do them regularly, pretty much every month, and they can come and find out what the school's like. Uh, they can ask questions. You know, this again with the internet being your friend, it's just an easy way. You can literally be in your bedroom and you can find out and see if it's for you, ask questions. Um, okay, it's not quite the same as being in the school, but you know, we do a virtual tour. We have people from all different departments talking about what the school's like. We have students, we have lecturers. So again, it's just another way that you can, it's all about getting information, I think. And, and as Terry said, if you can if you can access the free content, you can get free information. That's going to put you in a really, really strong position. Yeah, but one, one other thing that I would add is originality doesn't necessarily mean coming up with something original. You can put an original flavour on something and you can turn it into something if you've got that inside you. You have to believe in yourself because um, it's only by putting your own sound signature on something that you're going to be successful. And, you know, some, some people do use some of the same sounds and, and have incredible success with it. But one great example on Beatport this year was, um, it's been pretty rare that we have drum and bass number ones, but there was a, uh, a number one called Homegrown by the Beat Assassins was remixed by Fives. Um, that's a vocal drum and bass track and the entire vocal was taken off Loop Cloud um, and it made it to number one on Beatport from a relatively unheard of artist. Um, and that was that was somebody who did something original with, uh, with, with something and just put their own stamp on it and captured the moment. And self-belief is the most important thing i think you do have to strive to be original it's it's incredibly important um but you know look at the hip-hop world it's based around sampling mm. um uh you know how many great tracks are based on samples um originality comes from within you not from what you're using it doesn't matter about having this drum machine that drum machine or this bit of equipment um, it all comes from within you and transferring. If, if you feel great about something and all of your friends feel great about it, you're probably on the right lines. Mm, there's, another, there's another example. Is um, There's another example, which is Deep End, right? So Fushi, who did the vocal, uploaded to Splice, sold the, the vocal packs, 
Sleepy Hollow acquired the the splice sample, used it in a record, which has gone on to do 100 million plus streams. John Summit did the same thing. He's gone on to do, you know, 30 million streams. Fushi's released her own version, number one in Shazam in the world. It's like, so it can be done. And they're all very different records as well, by the way. Um, so, so you know, if, if it is done in the right way and it's well considered, then of course, um, yeah, you, you can do it. You, it can be done, especially with the out, the outlets you said, plus Splice and others, right? So, And with the technology that's out there, there's, there's so much of it. But I think if you can just, you know, if you're going to get the free trial of Ableton, just learn Ableton, you know, just figure that out or if you're on if you've got uh, a map you'll get garage band with it that's still enough to make great tracks you could then upgrade to logic at a later date but you know you, you and there's so many different plugins and they're all brilliant by the way they're all great but as a you know i'm restarting learning production because i'm sitting at home i've got free time and i am like you know I, it's the same for me as restarting it's like where do i start so I'm just figuring, we'll just figure out logic. Just there's so much in logic. Just figure out how it's working. That's the platform that I'm using. But there's so much in it. They're so powerful, these software tools now, that although you can have loads of plugins, don't you don't need to start with them. Just really, and you can be creative. And if you if you do play an instrument, record that instrument. Try and get a cheap microphone and record it or, or or maybe go outside with a hard disk recorder and record sounds in the streets mm. and just use that and play with it and detune them that's also a great way of adding your own uh your own element your own creativity into you know the sounds that are already there okay i think, I, I, I think the more stuff you have the more you have to master and if you can stick to a few things that you really believe in you know a lot of early dance music producers had one or two pieces of kit and they became absolutely amazing with those with those pieces of kit a lot of people think i need to buy this and i need to buy that to get to this next level and actually just being great with with, with what you've got is enough although these days you can get awesome plugins for no money as well which is uh, a lot of fun and people shouldn't forget that we're all in this to have fun as well, aren't we? It's not just, you know, it's it's not not the business side. It's really, this is music that we need to enjoy and give pleasure to other people. So um, do what you need to do to have fun, really. It reminds me of the um, early days of Grime and uh, a lot of my friends were making music on PlayStations um, and were creating an entire new genre at the time in the early 2000s. So... Yeah, it's definitely where, where there's creativity, there's a way. Um, I think this is a, also a perfect segue. So we've got the banging tune with the amazing samples. And at that point, where do these aspiring artists go beyond reaching out to an A&R at a label? Like, Chris, what's your advice for artists who are trying to really cut through the noise now? Um, well, there are more opportunities now than there have ever been. Um, and... I guess, first of all, it depends whether the, you know, an aspiring artist is thinking, well, I don't need a record label. You know, I've got an Instagram account. Just upload it. Bosh, yeah. it's out there. Yeah. And um, that that makes the, the, the same level playing field for everyone. Yeah. If that's necessarily the right strategy, I don't know. And it depends. It depends um, whether, the, is that the first or second thing that you've ever done on, you know, your, the, the, laptop you got for Christmas or whatever um, or have you actually road tested it and I think you know what, what, what your question is asking is like well there is the, the the traditional route you know approaching defected or hospital or you know do your label of choice that in itself is also fairly um, specific because you should know exactly the, the, the labels you're aiming at mm. so you should know um as a as an artist and as a fan as a lover of, of music you should know your core audience and that's that's artists broadcasters djs record labels um and that's where you should be starting now you either go to the record label but you could go to the dj you could spit you know bypass the labels altogether you could look at the djs that have the biggest followings or have the the best podcast or have you know the the best infinity pool on their live stream i don't know whatever floats your boat but there are, there's a, a wide range of people that you can approach with your music. You also need to, you know, you obviously need to be thinking about, is this the very best that I have? Don't just approach them with, 
you know, the last couple of things that came out of your laptop and it's Friday. So yeah, why not? Because all those people that I'm describing quite rightly have an opinion of you based on how you're presenting yourself and what you're presenting. And it's difficult to start, you know, first impressions are fairly um, fundamental. Um, and that is the quality of the music, the quality of the creativity, and also your good manners and your personality and your attitude, you know? Um, so I guess it depends. An aspiring young producer either is looking for a release with a particular um, company, um, or wants to DIY. The DIY options are manifest and they are everywhere, fraught with um, difficulty or simply the fact that you've only got seven followers, so you can upload it. No one's ever going to hear it. Um, but uh, then, of course, be creative with that. And if you want to DIY your, you know, your um, your music, which is which is cheap and very very possible, then perhaps think about how you package that your 15 second, 30 second Instagram clip, be creative, be imaginative. You can do all of that on a smartphone or again, um, it doesn't cost a lot of money in terms of how you want to present your creativity if you're going to do it yourself. Um, there are also distributors, you know, you don't have to go to a label, you go to a distributor if that was something that um, maybe you want to just have your own label, have your own outlet. And there are physical distributors, digital distributors, companies that do both. Um, but I think the most important thing is like, don't overthink it. If you're making disco, if you're making Afrobeat, if you're making grime, you should know the places where you want to go first. And that's where you should start. And that's where you try and build your network. It's important to democratize your, your sound as much as possible because it's almost as if you're turning the internet into your dance floor. And during your set, you're, as you're playing as a DJ, you can be able to gauge who is invested in your music and who's not. You can do the same through your internet and your social media channels as well. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing which you find a lot of indie kind of artists, they, they, they try to accrue a lot of is, is data to understand where those listens, where those plays, where those, those super fans are coming from. And I know on the back end of some SoundCloud accounts, uh, I think some premium ones, you can actually see the metrics there as to who's listening from what country and where the spikes are and, and so on and so forth. And similarly, if you um, maybe tie that into uh, a, an application such as MailChimp, you can engage with those people directly or similarly with Bandcamp. And this is a really great way, like, like Chris said, there's, there's never been a time obviously from, from the perspective we're looking at it, where things have been so easy to go direct to consumer. So, that in itself empowers the artist or the DJ because they're not wholly reliant on big major labels or big marketing budgets to kind of push them into the, the, the spotlight. They can do a lot of the work independently, get to a space where they've ha they have a wide knowledge, a lot of confidence. So I guess when they walk into those rooms or those situations, they don't feel overwhelmed by the, the, all the zeros on the contract, so, so to speak. So. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just a case of just utilizing what what is out there, but also building a story as well, right? So if you can build a story for yourself, because the DSPs like Spotify and Apple Music go will will invest in an independent artist, you know, at an independent label or on their own label if there is a story behind it. And we've seen we have seen a number of records go on to do, you know, and, and a number of artists actually before they signed the major labels having extortionate kind of success on their own you know um so it can be done if they've got the, if they've got the right story if you're if you're if you're uh just starting out and you're you know you're building up your social channels i think if you've got a website as well you can also you know look at google analytics and you can get very very deep with the analytics but you can also you can just look very simply, as, as Kwame was saying, you know, where's your traffic coming from? Uh, what countries? What's the what's the demographic? Is it male, female? What age are they? Just some very basic data without you having to delve too deep, because you can go pretty deep into this stuff, can really help you know where to target. And, um, you know, if you can help, if you can build up your, your following, obviously it takes time 
and you've got to balance the time you're going to spend in the studio making your music with your social channels. And that's always a tricky thing. Um, but young people these days are pretty multi-talented, um, comfortable with the internet and different medium. I think when I was starting, it was very much you did music, you're either a music producer or you're an artist. Or I think with young people today, because of the, the digital world, they're good at a lot of different things. So it's useful to be able to, you know, package everything up, have nice images, which you can use, you know, you, you've got software, you've got your phone. And I think to try and build up your social networks, just you'd start with your friends. And as Chris was saying, it is difficult because they're going to be small. But over time and through word of mouth and through you putting out good work, good music, you can build those networks up. It just takes, it does take time. It's not going to happen overnight. I think you have to really concentrate on not just looking at established markets, but looking at emerging markets as well. So, for example, everyone or, or they should do know that House has its genesis in America, but it has huge po pockets of support in Europe, in South Africa and so on and so forth. So an artist today could obviously look at that and think to himself, well, how has that sound traveled so far? Why is it popular in different parts of the world? Same thing with UK Drill, where you've got um, drill acts in Australia and, and, and parts of Europe, which there is a language barrier, but they've taken on the sound sonically. So as an artist, as a producer, you can begin to look at how can I incorporate my music or where is there an avenue for my music to do well in. I don't always have to look at the, the place I reside in for my music to do to do well. Yeah, and I think I think one of the one of the, one of the natural ways to do that, you know, is to start collaborating with other creative people in those communities. You know, um, it's one thing that drum and bass was always really good at and it's actually like, you know, ahead of the curve, like we used to uh, exist on AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, and I can remember the first time that I sort of came across that and I, you know, obviously I had to get someone to show me how to use it, but then I had this, this messenger on my, on, you know, on my screen and it was just a list of drum and bass artists. And that included, you know, Marky in Brazil and it included TB in Norway and included Pendulum in Australia. And everyone's just sat there chatting to each other at the same time and they're swapping tunes and they're swapping acapellas and they're just, they're just working together and they're chatting together. And that was, you know, which sort of stemmed out of, you know, uh, forums like Dogs on Acid and Drum and Bass Arena. And as a community, as a musical community, we're very fortunate that, you know, we we had that going on so early, but that that that, that uh, artistic collaboration and that instinct to kind of work with people, whether they're in Hackney or Johannesburg, pays those dividends because it's, 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 the, most, it's the most natural way of building those networks, like Kwame was saying. And also very specifically being able to key into territories that, you know, I, I never would have imagined that, you know, the, the biggest music in New Zealand is drum and bass. Mm. You know, like when Jacinda Arden walks out on stage having won the election, they are playing a drum and bass tune. Like, you know, it's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, we're, again, we're, we're so fortunate that this is now, you know, in 2020, you know, we, we take a lot of this for granted, but the ability to be able to, you know, use the social media that Rob's talking about, uh, hook up with people and then kind of go, well, we can make a tune together, mm. do it. Yeah, I think we touched a, a lot there on, on soft skills and Wes, I'd love to come to you next to kind of get your view on what, what academies can do to kind of nurture those soft skills in young people beyond just the creative process. I think it's not just the duty and responsibility of academies, but anyone in a leadership role, you know, be it through learning and education, self-development, employment or other, even parental through to artist management and beyond. Development doesn't necessarily have to stop. I mean, I have a very simple life motto that was taught to me by a teacher once, which is be better than the person you was yesterday. And it's just like, you know, don't not compete with anyone else, just trying to progress and you know be better than than you were uh this is what i tell producers to staff to my children to young people learning and developing themselves in their careers and the world's a very been a very interesting place this year um and obviously you know whilst there there have been restrictions and we are being hopeful and positive there have been a lot of redundancies and opportunities are perhaps a little bit more challenging um, than recently, but it doesn't mean they don't exist. 
um and and you know young people should should keep an eye out on that because I think it's been a cleansing period for people as well. So, you know, there are a number of opportunities that I'm seeing um, frequently, actually, for, for young people. But to answer your question, and um, with regards to academies in particular, as well as the uh, specialist subjects that you'll enrol in, you should expect to learn a combination of people skills, communication skills, start to build your own character or personality traits, learn to shape your attitude, as Chris said, and that can begin right away. I mean, it's challenging to do that in, under these circumstances without being there you know, one-on-one with people or, or whatever. But you can start to work on these things. Uh, in my, my personal opinion, it's organisation and communication are probably the most important soft skills. And uh, Being in an environment with others under the leadership or tuition of others will help you to shape those things. The music business succeeds when communication is at best right it's it only succeeds through promotion and advertising and marketing and dialogue and relationships so communication is a is is absolutely key but it's your responsibility as a young person or during your own personal development to concentrate on such soft skills you know teamwork time management organization decisiveness ability to work under pressure and then as you grow you start to form extended skills and then they will decide you know whether you're going to be a leader or you're a motivational or you're able to deal with conflict management and um all of which will begin to shape the career and who you are but specifically for djs and producers right now i think they also need to identify a unique selling point whether that's from the musical aspect of what rob and terry have touched on or whether that's personality or their social media profiling or whatever it is, they need to find this kind of try to find a unique selling point that's going to make them stand out from the crowd. Because we 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 are entering um, a challenging but hopeful period going forward, and it's important for people to understand themselves and their desires, and really to stand out from the crowd. You know what it is, what is it you want to do? Who do you want to be? Who who are you yourself? And if they do that and identify what their output is and their product, you know, how they can market and promote that and what they need to become the person that they wish um, and, and have a real understanding of, of focusing on, on those points. I feel like, like social skills, but these days, I mean, online social skills, that's a fine art, which a lot of people seem to lack in spades um, and could really do with relearning. I mean, like, you know, we were talking before we started about, like, you know, I was just like saying how I missed ADE this year and I missed, you know, the social aspects of that. And knowing how, you know, this applies for all of us, you know, should never end. It doesn't matter how old you are or your position in the industry, you know, like um, all of our own personal skills, social skills about how we, how, just how we meet people, how we turn people down, how we like go after that big meeting or how we, particularly how we treat the little person the person that's got that demo or is trying to get a foot in the door or wants to ask if they can get a glass of champagne at the defective launch party you know i feel like you know we're in a we're in this very and in this very strange year um online social skills um i mean i've i've had to withdraw from facebook just because i found it such a downer but having said that i'm I keep an Instagram account just so that I actually have an idea of what on earth is happening around me, you know, music, creativity, what my my friends and colleagues are doing. Um, It makes me sad that um, I think the sort of lack of social skills online is such a feature because it's it's very easy to be an armchair warrior. It's very easy to have like a big opinion about a new tune or a DJ set or you name it. Um, And I've always relished the personal... FaceTime with real people in a real situation um, and you know talking about soft skills that you know young people can learn yeah. this is something you can always learn something that old people can learn as well uh, and relearn but it's just like how you you know we, we've all seen it we've all been in those conference situations or we've been in those you know like backstreet bars in Amsterdam talking to someone that we've known for 20 years and someone kind of clangs into a meeting makes a real fool of themselves in five minutes We've, as Wes said, you know, you, you walk out of a meeting and you meet someone who's just engaging and charming and super polite and driven and imaginative. And that, you know, we, we, we've, we, we've employed young people just because they are 
that they've got that spark and they've got that instant engagement thing that's someone that i just want to be around i think it's well that's why i hired nats it's very much um <laughs> it's, very, it's very much to do with net, i think a lot of this is also is is it's all ties into networking and when uh when i speak to our new students that come i say look you know they're coming here to learn they're going to learn from great professionals there's loads of things they can take opportunities but actually you are in and this is online or physically your peers the people that you're studying with you're going to be the future these are the people you're going to meet are going to create the new groups to the new partnerships the new dj partnership production partnerships and and that's really you know where all these attributes are going to be very helpful not just for meeting people that are established in the industry but meeting people on the same level as you and be able to get together and work in partnership so as chris was saying that might be online it's you know the online world uh, and Kwame was saying can bring people together you can work with people on the other side of the world now um that's you know relatively easy and it's it's what you have to do now it's what's open to you so I think, and I, I always remind the students, remember, you know, don't just look around and take advantage of all the opportunities, but look around at who you're working with, because you're actually going to be the future of the industry, you know, and 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 that's where new talent's going to come from, and that's where excitement's going to come from, and I think also the enjoyment of working and discovering, I think Terry was saying, and it really is important, you know, these are young people who should be enjoying getting together and making music together, however that may be. At the moment, it's all online. It will eventually go back into being in studios and clubs and everything else. But it's about enjoying that process and creating something new. And if you get that buzz, I think that will carry you forward in terms of how you can approach people, especially if you're mindful of all the things that uh, Wes has been talking about in terms of, you know, how you approach people and your and your and your attitude and i think if you can combine that with this desire to to be successful that's going to help you um get a long way kwame you you've had an interesting year because you've you've actually really tackled some like some you know challenge the status quo somewhat you've brought people together left right and center you've you've really kind of done amazing amazing work what would be your advice to young people um who who are finding it a challenge to break in what would you what would you tell what would be your key advice to young people to to learn from your experiences this year i think um not just from this year but again this is something which a young person is going to develop over a period of time where are the the issues in their own trajectory i mean my issue is going to be different from let's say a woman's issue or a black woman's issue or a trans person's issue or, or, or a gay contributor's issue, issue within the industry. So I guess this would be about um, understanding what is um, the main factor which is stopping your enjoyment and, and, and preventing you from achieving your true potential. When you've identified that, I think it's very important to kind of at that point in time live within your truth and that ties in also with what Chris was talking about in articulating that truth in a in in a sensitive manner, because I'm very aware that at some points we can be very enraged and angry and, all, and 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 so on and so forth. But we still need to be communicable. So it's about understanding that the objective is to change, rather than I guess to be vengeful or to vent and so on and so forth. If you can. Um, affect that change by, by being communicable, then everyone wins. There's progress on, on both parties. So I think what needs to be driven home a lot more um, is that this is a music community and it, it works in relation to other people rather than even though the making of music and the DJing and sitting in airports by yourself waiting in the, in the lounge is, is a very solitary process. Um, at some stage you do you just have to learn how to engage and how to communicate with people from all different walks of life. And from that point, have a, have a greater desire to learn just outside of your art form, because that learning also helps you understand how your, how your music impacts people as well. Mm. So I think this year, um, just even from 
a, a space as a black man, I'm talking about black issues. I myself, I'm learning also about the environment I'm in and how I can better shape my message to, to provide clarity. Because I think there is an assumption that we all get it, that we all have this homogenous understanding and homogenous experience. We're all like, I mean, we all left school with different grades and that's just an example of the various talents and the weaknesses and strengths that we all kind of encompass. So um, I think the main thing, not to sound too long with this, this, you have to be patient. You have to be very, very patient. Um, we do live in a, a bit of a microwave generation because the, the way success is portrayed to us, it looks like it's overnight, but that's to the detriment of, of those individuals because we just don't see the hard work. We're not there with them when they've got their weekend job or having to practice and watch all the YouTube videos. We don't see that part of it. We, we see the glamorous part, but it's there. The, um, no matter what you might think of, of the stars of certain genres that you may not um, even be fans of, they had to put in a lot of work and practice to kind of master some of the, those, those aspects of, of the industry. So, um, yeah, any young person coming into this, I think they need to look at the, the community, the music community they are a part of. It, it isn't them per se. So with that, I think you'll definitely have a, a great, a lot of, um, a great sense of understanding and empathy. Mm. I've got to say, just just to just to finish on on that, you you you've done some great work this year, and I think that you know, anybody following your uh, your Twitter account, a little shameless plug there for you, will um will, will learn a lot from that actually, and and certainly on uh, on ways to communicate and and tackle some of these uh, challenges that they may face as well. So yeah, I think that what we've touched on there is so important because it's not only about mastering your craft as a creative but also mastering those soft skills to navigate the industry um, and really immersing yourself in that industry as well recognizing that it is a community I think more so than ever now as well with with social networks and and, and the way we build our networks. Uh, we're drawing to a close now. One last question though that I have to get in because it is a question that comes up time and time and time again. I'm gonna point this to you, Wes, and Chris as well. Any advice on demos? I, I, I'm gonna share the advice, my bugbearer that I always have, and that's <clears throat> if you're gonna send a demo, sort of what Chris was saying earlier, please, please make sure you know, you're aware of what musical style we are as a label, what the kind of, you know, what, what sound is, but also I expect the demo to be your best work. So I often get somebody who'll send me a demo and I'll politely decline and they'll immediately send me another demo. And I immediately think, well, either this is not as good as the first one you sent me or you've made a mistake with what you sent me in the first place. I wouldn't say too much about it. You know, often I, I like to build a story behind it because I'm a promoter of music. Like I promote music. That's my, in my genes. And um, so I'm immediately looking at, you know, who might play this record, um, where I could see it being, getting support, what I expect to kind of receive from it. So if you can build some of that story yourself and you're getting a DJ that's supporting your records and you have some kind of proof of that or you have some kind of, you know, I, when, when Camel Fat sent me Cola, the headline, the, head, the title literally said Solomon Support, yeah? And that was all I needed to know. It was a link and that was that, yeah? So it's like, it's having, less is more sometimes. Um, don't overdo it. Don't try too hard. Um, and, and just make sure that you really understand who you're talking to when you're when you're pitching in. Because if you get all of those things right, then you you stand a chance of building that relationship up, even if the, the demos are not right. Um, and I know I've mentioned John Summit a few times here. The reason I'm talking about John is because he's a young guy, and I think a lot of aspiring DJ producers can relate to him. But he built up relationship with me. He sent me a demo which was good, but it wasn't quite right. And we kind of, he didn't bombard me with demos. He sent me another one about two months later, which was kind of close to what I was looking for. And I gave him some feedback and then deep end happened. You know, that can, that can be a, a pathway, but the way that he managed the situation was to, to remain 
open and like communicative with me um, and, and really understand what it is we were trying to, to achieve and what he wanted. So that's kind of, I hope that answers the question to some degree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great I, advice. I for- suppose, um, you know, I mean, yeah, everything that Wes said, I would like to take it for granted that um, if someone sends us a demo for a start, they actually do know that we're a drum and bass label. That would be a good start. Um, simple simple things which goes back to what we're talking about soft skills think about literally how you present people think think about the email that you send um i don't need your biog uh, i don't need seven of your press shots don't need any press shots um very very simple keep it short and sweet the people that you're approaching are probably very busy so ideally like an easy one click streamable link and you know just like a short paragraph this is who i am i'll be making music for five minutes five years whatever but that's all i need to know um you can just simply send me a link here's a new tune i'd like to hear it that that'll do i will probably still play it part part of the process also then needs to be please give the song a title don't call it untitled version seven doesn't help and also don't give it a crap title you know and trust me there are millions of them out there and too many demos just have the worst worst titles that i actually also find off-putting um I've, I've sometimes been more allured to a track because it was called chicken in a spacesuit so i actually probably played it three times just to check that actually that was the track title and i'm already entertained i'm halfway there um I think we lost him. I think we lost Chris at the oh, no. 11th hour. <laughs> 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 Wanted to hear about chicken in the tracksuit. <laughs> just um, in terms of demo, I mean, I'm not sure even Sorry. call it a demo anymore because I just think, um, you know, you've got the tools to make actually a record in your, I mean, I appreciate, you know, and people, we've got a label attached to the school and, you know, people send us, and it's to help our students, and they send us the track and we feed back like where's and it gets better. But actually, I think everyone should be trying to put out a record, you know, because you actually can do that. Mm. I don't think it's like the old days where you sort of sent in something that was you kind of with the guitar and it not recorded very well and the record label would go, oh, right. And I'm sure that still happens. But I think because of going back to you can have your computer you can have Ableton you've got a studio in your bedroom you are capable of should be capable of putting out a record and I and I would encourage everyone to really when they've made their track listen to it on their system at home listen to it in their car try and listen to it as many and, and make it sound as close to the records it's in that so if you're sending it to defective listen to records that defected and put out does it sound right is it sound you know get it as close as you can okay you might not be in a mixed studio you might not get it perfect but get it at least to the best level you can so you think well it kind of stands up the bass is there the top end is there because that's going to give you a, a a a big a much better opportunity i think i think that's a brilliant note to wrap this up on uh, it's all that we have time for today, unfortunately, but we're really getting into the groove there. This has been a brilliant roundtable, and I hope it's something that you out there can learn from. Uh, you can catch up on all of our panels on Defected.com, LinkedIn, and all good DSPs. And you can also look out for pointers on Defected Twitter. I hope to see you all soon. Until then, take care. Guys, I just want to say a quick one, uh, just to say thanks for that. That was That was great. I think there's a lot of really useful and insightful um, pieces that we can take from this. And I think the entire thing from start to finish was uh, is going to be really useful to young people. So thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you for having us. For uh, reconvening. All right. Appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Guys, take care. See you. Bye. See you later. Bye.